أكبر أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر شهد الله إلا الله شهد الله إلا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على سيد المصطفى صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من ولده ووالده والناس أجمعين وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام ولما يكرام most respected elders and brothers and our mothers and sisters who may be listening or streaming on this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah we wish to discuss the important aspect and topic of developing the love for our beloved master Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is a precondition of our iman that each and every follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam should have a certain percentage of love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What we may term as a pass mark and anything below that pass mark would be questionable and in fact the iman of that individual would also fall into scrutiny and into account. Allah Ta'ala has declared in the Quran in Majid, in the 10th Jews of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions and I will translate the verses where Allah Ta'ala says, Qul in It's a long verse of the Quran in Majid that O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say to the believers, make this proclamation that if your 
Fathers, if your sons, your children, your wives, your family, that business that you have where you fear a loss, and those dwellings and those homes in which you reside and you occupy, if these things which have been enumerated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if these are more beloved to you, then Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and striving in the path of Allah, then O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, declare to, to your ummah, that they should wait for the punishment of Allah to seize them. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. From this we understand how critical and important it is for us to have that much love for Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that it overpowers. Perhaps we could say 51%. That your home, you're allowed to love your home up to maybe 49%, 50% in that region. 49% rather. But 51% at least as a pass mark. That is the kind of love that we should have for Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is extremely important. It's a critical component of our Iman. That we have to develop that love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our hearts. In one narration of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, and the meaning is more or less the same, that لا يؤمن أحدكم. That none of you can be a true mu'min, can be a mu'min. Mean a Kamil, a complete believer, a perfect believer. Hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi mi waladihi wa walidihi wa nasi ajma'in until I am more beloved to him than his children. I am more beloved to him than his parents. And I am more beloved to him than all of mankind put together. Until a believer does not have this kind of love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we cannot say that his iman has been perfected. We will not say that the person is a kafir, but what we will say is that there's deficiency in the person's iman. Again, we understand the importance of developing that much love for Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that it overpowers and dominates the love for everything else. This aspect of loving Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has been a salient feature of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If we study the history of Islam at the onset, at the early stages, then we will find that the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam who we refer to as the sahaba kiram the kind of love that they had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam it is inspirational it is remarkable such love that on at the occasion of the treaty of Hudaybiyah one of the polytheists and mushriks who was well traveled he had been to the various superpowers of the then known world because of his his influence and his financial strength and muscle and power and he witnessed the scene where these companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam were thronging around him, not even allowing the water of wudu to touch the ground. And then he made this remark, he said, مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَحَبَّ أَحَدًا كَحُبِّ أَصْحَابِ مُحَمَّدٍ مُحَمَّدًا He said, I've traveled the world, the then known world. I have never seen any group of people loving an individual like how the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam love Muhammad. We say sallallahu alayhi wasallam. said, I've never seen this. It's remarkable. They were prepared and they loved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to such an extent that they were prepared to sacrifice that which was most beloved to them, their very lives, in order to let alone save the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi But even, not even to allow any form of discomfort to come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the, after the battle of Badr, when Khubayb ibn Adi radiallahu anhu, a companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who was a slave, he was captured. And we know after the battle of Badr, the mushriks and the disbelievers had suffered a major defeat against the Muslim army that was ill-equipped, that were 
very few in number Allah Ta'ala had helped them in an extraordinary manner and the disbelievers were now burning with vengeance they wanted to take revenge and when they captured Khubayb ibn Adi radiallahu anhu this became so to say a personification of their revenge and they called the entire community together and said now let's take revenge here and let's cool our you know that revenge in our hearts the fire of revenge in our hearts and they began to mutilate his body cut him piece by piece and whilst torturing him and cutting him up and mutilating him Sufyan Abu Sufyan who was then not a Muslim later on became radiallahu anhu he said don't you wish that Muhammad was in your place in that condition whilst bleeding and whilst being tortured in that manner Khubayb ibn Adi radiallahu anhu may Allah be pleased with him he said I'm not even prepared to allow a thorn to prick Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I must be safe and sound. Now that is what we term as true love. It is not just merely lip service. Myself and many of us, we claim to love Rasulullah but that love is restricted and confined to the lips, to beautiful ash'ar and poetry in praise of Rasulullah But true love will depict itself in the willingness to sacrifice for the sake of the beloved. That the person is willing to sacrifice something to please the beloved. The person who makes the claim to be a ashik of Rasulullah He's willing to sacrifice something beloved to him to please the beloved in order to give comfort to the beloved. As we see it in our world today of illicit love relationships, that that young boy is in love with that girl and he's prepared to sacrifice for her. He's prepared to spend so much of money for her. He's prepared to travel lengthy distances to meet his beloved. Sometimes we find people meet over the internet and they fall in love with one another. And they travel kilometers and hundreds and sometimes thousands of kilometers just to meet each other. How much of money is being spent and sacrificed just for the sake in the name of love. So there are so many examples of how people are willing to sacrifice for the sake of their beloved. Those who claim to be Ashik of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. the question we have to ask ourselves that how willing are we to sacrifice that which is beloved to us in order to please our master Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And that is true love. That is why one, there is an incident that is mentioned in the books of history. Where one great buzruk and wali, one friend of Allah, he was not a sahabi, but he was a great ashik of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So one day this thought crossed his mind. It was just a thought that, you know, perhaps I have so much of love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that maybe my love for Rasulullah is superseded and overpowered the love that the companions had for Rasulullah. The thought crossed his mind. So that night he saw in a dream, and of course it is a dream, we cannot pass any ruling of Sharia based on dreams. This dream he saw, that in the dream he was on an ox wagon, and uh, on that ox wagon he sees none other than Rasulullah sallallahu seated. Of course that person who sees Nabi Kareem sallallahu in a dream, then he has really seen Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi mentioned in a dream, that that person who sees me in his dream, he has really seen me because shaitan cannot take my form in that dream. But nevertheless, he sees Nabi Kareem sallallahu on that ox wagon. Together with that, he sees the four khalifas, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, Umar Farooq radiallahu anhu, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, Ali radiallahu anhu also seated. And whilst moving, suddenly the ox wagon becomes dislodged from the animals that were pulling it and now it begins to move on its own until finally it comes to it, the end of a steep decline and now this ox wagon or this wagon rather begins to gain momentum and pick up great amount of speed and nothing is controlling it so he says you know i feel we should quickly jump out of this whilst it's not moving so fast because once it starts gaining momentum and it loses control we can all be severely injured 
injured and he says that now he's preparing himself to jump off that ox wagon and next thing he says in the dream he sees these four khalifas taking their heads and on the four wheels of the wagon they use their heads in order to break the wheels of this wagon and bring it to a halt and he wakes up from his dream and then he makes his istighfar he says ya allah that is my love and that is the love that the sahaba had for rasulullah that they were willing to sacrifice their their bodies they were willing to sacrifice their lives they were willing to sacrifice their families they were willing to sacrifice their wealth in order to ensure that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was kept comfortable, that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was safe and sound. And there are so many incidents of this nature. There is an incident after the Battle of Uhud. One Sahabiya, she had run forward as the Muslim army was returning. It is told to her that you know your father has passed away. She says, she expresses her her, her grief and her remorse. And then she says, but how is Muhammad? How is Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? They say the Nabi of Allah is safe and sound. Again, it is said to her that, you know, your brother has passed away. Again, she responds in the same manner. But how is Muhammad? It is told to her that your husband has passed away. Again, she says, but how is Muhammad? Again, it is said to her that your son has passed away. Again, she expresses her regret and remorse. But how is Muhammad? Until finally, when Nabi Kareem Sassim comes close to Medina, she comes close to the conveyance of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. She expresses her sentiments. She says, Ya Rasulullah, knowing that you are safe and sound makes it easy for me to overcome all my grief and my sorrow. This is what we term as true love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a percentage of this love. Now the question is that we who claim to be followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how do we develop this love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Ulama ikram explained to us that generally a person loves something for three reasons. It is either Jamal, Kamal or Nawal. That either that particular person, individual, item or system, it has got beauty in it. The youngsters are attracted to that vehicle because, you know, it's got beautiful contours and the mags are so smart and whatever it may be. So they are attracted to that. The person is attracted to that device because it has so many, you know, it's, it's so beautiful and it's attractive. And if I take it out and flash it out, I'm the center of attraction. So anything that has beauty, a person is attracted to it. If we study the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa then the Jamal and the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, books have been written. But I'll give you two simple examples as Hassan ibn Thabit radiallahu anhu mentions in his poetry which we've heard so many times. Wa ahsana minka lam tara qattu aini wa ajmala minka lam talid nisa'u khuliqta mubarra'am min kulli aibin ka'annaka qad khuliqta kama tasha'u Addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, I have not seen anyone more beautiful than you. No woman has given birth to a person with such perfection as you. You have been created free and... You have been born without any defect or blemish. As if you have been created in the manner that you desired to have been created. One Sahabi says, I was sitting at night in the majlis of Rasulullah and behind the Mubarak face of Rasulullah was the radiant full moon. He said, I began to compare the beauty of the full moon, the radiance of the full moon and comparing it to the radiance on the Mubarak face of Rasulullah. He said, I was convinced at the end that the radiance and the beauty of the face of Rasulullah far outshines the radiance and the beauty of the full moon. So that was the Jamal of Rasulullah. Then if we say the the perfection of Rasulullah in terms of his character, in terms of his kindness, his generosity, his love, his sympathy, his empathy, then we will find that there was a level of perfection. And Allahu Akbar, if we have to just discuss the Kamal of Rasulullah, we will require hours and hours discussing each aspect the love of Rasulullah, the kindness of Rasulullah, the 
forgiving heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I'm just touching on the topics and I'm sure in our minds so many examples are coming in. The generosity of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There was absolute perfection in each and every aspect. And just suffice to say that with regards to the character of an individual, the best person to ask with regards to our character are those who are closest to us. So for a person who is married, ask the wife. The wife is generally the one who can really give the best, you know, description. Otherwise in the masjid, a person when he walks inside the masjid, sometimes you are not sure whether the person is Bayezid, Bustami or Jalaluddin Rumi. But within the house, then it's a completely different situation. So the women folk are the ones who can really give you the best description of your character. How patient is he? Khadija radiallahu anha when Nabi Kareem Sassam the first verses of Wahi were revealed to him and Nabi Kareem Sassam came home in this petrified state Zammiluni, Zammiluni, cover me, cover me and then he said I'm going to be destroyed what was her response? Kalla wallahi by the qasam of Allah you will never be destroyed and then she begins to elaborate and elucidate the wonderful qualities of Rasulullah his kindness, his generosity as if he was working to support the poor, the widows, the needy, the orphans Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha she says Lana shamsun shamsun that the horizon has got a sun and we also have a sun the sun of the horizon rises in the morning but our sun rises when my Nabi enters the home what a beautiful description of the Kamal of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then finally, respected allies and brothers, the nawal of an individual. Why do you love someone? You are indebted to that person due to his kindness. Sometimes a person has a grandparent or has an ustad who perhaps is not very handsome. You know, there's not so much of Jamal in the individual. The, the grandparents are now so old. Where is there going to be beauty in them? And perhaps the, sometimes that particular grandfather is uh, now suffering from dementia and very, very short-tempered. So the Kamal too is not too good. The patient's level is not too good. But now when the person looks at that grandfather of his or grandmother or Ustad and then thinks about the sacrifices that that person made for me. That you know my grandfather, he went to work in those days. He went on the train. He sacrificed. He made sure that we had this. He made sure that we went through this. Now when a person recounts the kindness and the sacrifices and the failures that one is indebted to, to that particular individual, automatically you begin loving that person. Even though there's no Jamal and there's no Kamal. Here in our Rasulullah Sallallahu we are indebted. How indebted are we? Allahu Akbar respected elders and brothers. Just to be from the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu is such a privilege, which we'll only really understand on the day of Qiyamah. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loved his Ummah so dearly. When I read this one hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it gripped the heart. On one occasion, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was seated with Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha. And she had her, her head on the Mubarak lap of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Relationship that they had, the bond that they enjoyed. In this condition, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said, Allahumma ghfir li Aisha ma taqaddama min dhanbiha wa ma taakhar wa ma asarrat wa ma a'lanat. Oh Allah, forgive Aisha, forgive her past sins, forgive her future sins, forgive those sins that she committed knowingly and those, which she, those sins which she committed in open and those which he committed in secrecy. And then Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa inquired from Aisha radiallahu anha that are you happy with this dua? She responded that who will not be happy with this dua? In response to this, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said, Oh Aisha, I make this dua for my ummah every single day after every single salah. In fact, respected allies and brothers, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said that every Nabi has been given a dua which will be accepted and every Nabi has used that dua. But I have kept that dua for the day of Qiyamah where I will use it 
to save every single ummati of minds from the fire of Jahannam. When every single ummat and every single individual and every single Nabi on the day of Qiyamah will be saying, Ya Rabbi Nafsi Nafsi, our beloved Master Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will be saying, Ya Rabbi Ummati Ummati. On that day when the very parents will run away from their children and children will abandon their parents, on that day our beloved Master Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will not forget us. So therefore, respected elders and brothers, we should continuously ponder over the Jamal, Kamal and Nawal. It will engender and create within our hearts the love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Daily recite durood and salawat upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Try and inculcate within our daily timetable a few pages studying the seerah and the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and every day and every week try and implement one new teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in our lives this inshallah will be a true sign that we have really moved in the direction of really loving Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unites the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allah alleviates the sufferings of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the suffering of humanity at large wa akhiru da'wada and alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله وأكمل لنا ديننا وتم علينا نعمته ورضي لنا الإسلام دينا فلا نعبد ولا نستعين إلا إياه ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم الله غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من ولده ووالده والناس أجمعين أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام فيا معشر الإخوان اتقوا الله تعالى في السر والعلن وذروا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن واعلموا أن الدنيا خلقت لكم وأنتم خلقتم للآخرة وما هذه الحياة الدنيا إلا له ولعب وإن دار الآخرة لهي الحيوان ولا تقنتوا من رحمة الله فإن ورحم الراحمين بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم أستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلنه فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم
إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضي الله تعالى عنهما وعن كل الصحامة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم رضا من بعدي من أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغض أبغضهم وخير الناس قبني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر عداك عداء الدين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون Can you straighten yourselves? Stand shoulder to shoulder, cell phones in silent mode. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Shalla ilaha illallah, 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 الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى 
بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الظالمين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسلك حبك وحب من يحبك ولا عمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلنا ومن الماء البارد ربنا لا تزيغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله